from trauma to triumph, Abby's four birth stories, part one. Hi friends, welcome to the birth and rebirth podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany, and in this week's episode, I invite Abby onto the podcast to share her incredible birth stories, all so very different from each other. When Abby first became pregnant, she knew she wanted something other than the cookie cutter hospital birth experience. So she hired a midwife thinking that she would provide the support that Abby truly desired. But the birth of her daughter left her confused and in shock. Abby shares how she healed from her postpartum depression and birth trauma using many of the same skills that she acquired on her healing journey of recovery from addiction and childhood trauma. She goes on to have two hospital births and when she gets pregnant for the fourth time, she knew that she had to honor her deepest desire to birth in full sovereignty. Listening to Abby's journey is a true blessing. She has so much wisdom and light to share with the world, and I hope you all enjoy. You. I'm awesome. I can't wait to hear your incredible birth stories, your free birth story. Um, So whenever you'd like, you can kind of give us a background on who you are and what led you here. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Abby and I'm currently living in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um, And yeah, I just want to, I guess I'll just share about my journey into motherhood and kind of what that looked like and the many different phases and layers that I've experienced in the last five years um so I that it's been five years since I became a mom and um, now I have four littles so it's been a very condensed amount of time and lots of learning and uh craziness had you have told me 10 years ago that I would be a mother to four babies five and under I would have probably either fainted or <laughs> laughed in your face and been like, yeah, right. Um, because honestly, so my partner and I have been together for going on 15 years. And, um, you know, when we got married, which was about 11 years ago, we obviously had the conversation about whether or not we would start a family. And I know it was very important for him. He was, he's always dreamt of being a father. He's always talked about having kids. And for me, Um, I wasn't necessarily like I would definitely wasn't those little girls that was like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a mom and all that kind of stuff, because I do come from a traumatic background, Um, you know, kind of growing up in a very um, chaotic, volatile home um, with an alcoholic, uh, lots of violence, lots of abuse. And, um, you know, to be honest, I didn't really get to have much of a childhood like in the sense of like you know free free play and ease and uh carefree all those kind of things and so in a sense I never really connected with kids um so like when I got older and was a teenager and even in my early 20s um, my friends all started having babies and I would love them you know but I didn't feel this like yearning when I would be with them it was like I didn't have baby fever or anything like that And, um, you know, so it wasn't one of those things that I ever really dreamt of. Um, And then I kind of went through my own um, struggles with addiction and mental health challenges, just learning to kind of cope with the things that I had um, 
struggled with or like witnessed and experienced in my childhood. Um, and then, so then I met my partner, we got together. He was the love of my life. He still is the love of my life. And, um, mm-hmm. when we got married, um, we had that conversation before we got married, we had that conversation about children. And I said, you know, I'm open to it, but uh, it's not something that I'm leaping towards yet. And he was respectful about that. And, um, so we went on, we got married, we had an amazing, um, you know, first year together traveling and all that kind of good stuff. And um, pretty much every year on our anniversary for the first little while, we would have the conversation again. And I was just not ready. Every time he'd bring it up to me, I was like, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> like, you know, and I was still doing kind of my own work and stuff like that um, until finally, um, yeah, we had the, we had the talk and I had already had about, I want to say like a good solid four years under my belt of like recovery and um, going through that healing journey uh, where when the conversation came up I was a lot more open to it and I said you know what I think I think I I think you'll agree that we're never truly ready for motherhood but you know there comes a time when you're like okay I can do this you know and so um, you know I just told him I was like yeah yeah like I'm I'm open to it and so we started trying and then um, before I even became a mom I had a friend of mine who she was like somebody that I really looked up to and um, she, she was a mom herself and just casually one day in conversation, she was like, Oh, like you should watch this. Cause we were talking about like having babies and all that kind of stuff. And uh, like up until this point, I didn't know anything about the birth world. Like I, my idea of having a baby was like pretty much everyone else's where you get pregnant, you go to the hospital, you have a baby and then that's it. Right. Like there's yeah. no, like, I didn't know any other, other sort of things around it. And so she introduced, Introduced me to um, the business of being born. It's a, a, a movie, yeah, movie that was game changer for me. Um, and she was like, "You should watch this. It's very informative." And I watched it, and it changed. It literally changed my life because, like, like I said before that, before watching that that documentary, I like I had a very straightforward idea of what birth was like. And then I watched this, and I see my eyes are kind of open to like the realities of like medicalized birth and all that kind of stuff. And so here I was, you know, when we decided to have a baby, I knew right away, I told him, I was like, I want to have a home birth. I want to do it as natural as possible. Also, um, a disclaimer around that, around natural birth was that for me, um, you know, like, because I I talked about going through addiction um, for at at least about 15 years of my life where, you know, I was addicted to alcohol and, you know, some drugs and stuff like that. It was all to numb, right? It was to numb the the pain and the things that I had gone through. And so, um, you know, when I thought about medication for birth, I was like, you know, I don't want to numb this experience. Like, this is like, I've spent so much of my life numbing that when I decide to become a mother and I bring a baby into this world, I want to feel everything, you know, like everything yeah. the good the bad the ugly all of that right and so I was very committed to that plus I have a very extremely high pain tolerance so <laughs> that helps that um, helps and, you know we talked about it and he was he was on board with me and so um I looked for a midwife um and I applied for one I got one um and uh and then we looked for so I, at the time we lived in a condo so it wasn't really feasible to have a home birth at our place so we decided to do a birth center and um and yeah and I pretty much I read books I you know like all these kind of like stereotypical books and 
um, you know, started watching birthing videos to like get myself ready, all of that kind of stuff. Right. And I had a doula. Um, and so that was key. That was key. Having my doula was amazing because she had been around for a really long time. Um, and she was actually on the way of like about to retire. And so she was taking very limited clients. She had a wealth of knowledge and information. And, you know, she came over for her, for her prenatal visit with us. We sat down for hours um, and she just like began to talk to us about, you know, kind of the choices that we had and, and that kind of a thing. And I'll never forget what like one thing that she said to me during that meeting where, cause I was like, I'm, I'm just blown away by all these choices. And she's like, you need to inform yourself. She's like, because if you don't know what your choices are, you don't have any, you know, and mm. what your options are, you don't have any. And I was like, wow, it's true. Right. And so as much as possible, I tried to inform myself around, you know, what was optional, what wasn't all of that kind of stuff. And, um, and so we were on our way and, um, had a really great first pregnancy. Sorry, did I, did I cut out there? No, my my internet is saying it's unstable. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, so I had a, a, and I had an amazing pregnancy, like no sickness, um, full of energy, like obviously aside from the first trimester and uh, no complications, nothing. It was very straightforward. I was never had any real concerns with anything. I had the cute little baby bump, all of that kind of stuff. I was still wearing high heels at the time till the day I I went into labor. So, um, and so, yeah, so spontaneously on her due date. So we, we were pregnant with a baby girl and on her due date, um, like, so I, I guess I'll back up to my last midwife appointment. And so, um, you know, towards the end of your appointments, you're seeing, you're seeing each other once a week, like weekly. And, um, I was, it was the week before my due date and, um, I went in to see her and she was like, oh, you know, you're due next Thursday. That's, um, my clinic days. She's like, in all of my years of practice, I've never had a client of mine, um, go into labor on my clinic days. So I think you'll be fine. And, you know, and all this stuff. And, and I was like, oh, okay, like, I didn't know anything, you know, about it. And so, um, you know, went and had a membrane sweep and everything like that to try to get things going and, And then, um, and then, yeah. And then, so on Thursday, I wake up literally at midnight at the stroke of midnight (laughs) and, and I start having, like, I start feeling contractions and I knew, I just knew right away that that's, that this was it. Right. And so I got up and I just kind of started kind of counting them and, you know, seeing like feeling them or whatever. And I saw that there was a pattern and then suddenly my husband wakes up and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, Oh, I think the baby's coming. And he's like, oh, what? And then so he gets up and he's all like perky. And um, <laughs> and so for whatever reason, we decide to like go downstairs and fold laundry while I'm like pretty much in 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 labor, early labor at the time. <laughs> and so we're folding this laundry. I'm counting the contractions. They were so manageable because I could actually still fold and have a conversation with him. And then around three or four in the morning, it started getting a little bit more intense so I called my doula and then she was like, when do you want me to come over? And I was like, maybe now, cause I was like kind of scared. And, um, she came over and, um, and then, yeah, we were just kind of like, you know, we're, it was, it was very chill, very calm. Um, sorry, did it cut out again? Sorry. Just keep saying like low, low internet on my end. Okay, good. <laughs> I hear you perfect. Okay, perfect. perfect. Um, so, so we're, I'm in labor, she comes over and then things start picking up. I lose my mucus plug. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'll call the midwife now. 
So I call her and I tell her, you know, I'm in labor and like, I just lost my mucus plug. And she's like, oh, she's like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, I think I want to head to the birth center in a little bit. And then she's like, at this time, it was like around six or seven in the morning. And she's like, okay, the earliest I can meet you is around 10 or 11 there because I have, obviously it's my clinic days today and I have to make some arrangements to somebody to cover me. Um, and so I was like, okay, that's fine. So, um, you know, I went, I, I went to the shower for a bit uh, to kind of soothe some of the contractions and stuff. And then um, got dressed, made our way to the birth center. It was me, uh, my husband, my doula. And then my mom came. So my mom came to the birth center to meet up, to meet with us. And pretty much that's where it, the marathon started. So get there. Didn't get the room that we wanted because um, there was somebody else that kind of beat us to it. And so got into like the smaller room, but it still had like a, um, a, a birth pool. So um, that was important for me because I definitely wanted to labor in the water as much as possible. And, um, yeah, so the, the, the labor start like was active and, um, you know, contractors are coming pretty regularly. Um, it was intense. And for whatever reason, they tell you like not to eat. And so, uh, mind you, I hadn't slept since the day before. Um, so I'd been up for probably 24 hours by this point, um, hadn't eaten since supper the day before. So there was already like the next day, like, let's say noon, noonish around, um, when the midwife finally got there and, um, and so I just remember at one point I was having contractions and having those like labor pains at the same time. And I was like, oh my God, what is going on here? <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, like you were, you were so hungry that you were having like hunger pains and yeah. oh my goodness, that's ridiculous. And contractions at the same time. And, um, and so I go in the water and, you know, and mind you the whole time, I'm not really getting much, um, I don't want to say support, but like, yes, support from my midwife. She's just kind of sitting there. She's kind of writing notes, um, you know, kind of like popping in here and there, like, you know, just to kind of like, oh, yeah, how are you doing? And, you know, that kind of a thing. And but not really any like, yeah, like it was just wasn't like I didn't like I was kind of looking to her for more guidance, more like this is yeah. normal. This is like, you know, that kind of a thing. And my doula was very much like, um, you know, really coaching me and just really helping me through, you know, the contractions that were intense. And uh, I get in the water and things pick up in the water and my my water breaks in the water, actually. I remember feeling like this big pop. And then, um, and so I'm laboring some more in the water. And finally, I was just exhausted by this point. So by that time, it was already like the afternoon um, uh, the next day. And you know, I had already been in labor for, I want to say 12 hours by that point. Um, and, you know, like I said, I was starving, I was tired, all of that kind of stuff. And I'm pacing, I'm pacing all through the room and going to like in the shower, going um, on the toilet, all of those kind of things and stuff. And then eventually I was just so depleted and exhausted that I just went on the bed. And that was one of the things I didn't want to do because based on some mm -hmm. of the research I had done, some of the videos I had watched, um, some of the things that um, I really wanted was to like be in gravity, like, you know, to, to uh, try different positions. I didn't want to be on my back, all that kind of stuff. But I was just so utterly exhausted by this point that I just kind of laid out, went on the bed and, um, and then suddenly I, I needed to push. And so this is where things got kind of crazy because I'm laying there and I start pushing and, um, and I'm pushing with all my might. 
And once again, I'm not really getting any sort of like, you're doing great. Um, you know, like you're doing the right thing, like you're doing it right. All that kind of stuff. Right. I'm just Do you feel like your body was pushing for you or were you forcing the pushing? Cause you just felt the pressure and I think it was a little bit of both, um, where I felt I needed to, but then also like, um, yeah, like it was kind of confusing. Like it was really confusing. Cause like now having had, you know, obviously three babies after that, there's a time when your body really tells you to push, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't, you can't stop it. It's almost like, you yeah. know, like, um, yeah, like instinctive. Right. And, um, that time I just remember like there was pressure, the contractions were coming and I was like, you know, like pushing, but like at the same time, it almost felt like it wasn't really going anywhere. And so long story short, I'm pushing for almost four or five hours by that point. Um, wow. and she was for probably the last hour, I want to say if that maybe even longer, she was there. Like I could feel her hair. I could feel her head down there. Um, but she just wasn't coming out and I was pushing with all my might, like pushing with all my might and she would come out a little bit and then go back in. And, um, it came to the point where I remember screaming at my midwife and like telling her like, get her out, like help me get her out. Like, um, and she's like, she's coming, she's coming. And like, you know, just keep pushing, just keep pushing. She just told me. And, um, by this point, her, her, um, like the other, like backup midwife came in as well. Um, and so there was the two of them and, um, and then, yeah, so I'm pushing and pushing and it feels like it's like, nothing's happening. Like, it's like, there's not really any progress and she's obviously stuck there. Um, and then I just remember at the last, like, cause it came consecutively, there was like, uh, consecutive contractions that, that happened. Um, like I couldn't even catch my breath at this point. And, um, I remember nothing was happening and I was becoming really, um, like, uh, like, uh, was discouraged you know like like what's going on like I could feel her there like why isn't she coming out and my mom started like you know she's like what's going on like asking the 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 midwife like what's happening is this okay and she's like yeah yeah she's okay like we see her like the head's right there she's almost like she's almost there and then finally I remember closing my eyes and just praying so hard that like you know, I'm like, please, like this next push, like I'm going to give it my all. And it's the last all that I have left, you Mm -hmm. know? And so the contraction came and then I gave it my all. And then finally she came out and it was one of those moments where I remember she came out and it was like this deep sense of relief. Cause like, finally she came out, I opened my eyes. I start sobbing. Cause I see her, um, you know, she's finally out and, um, you know, I'm sobbing with relief and joy, but also like sheer exhaustion and just like, I can't believe like what just happened. And then, um, you know, she's, she comes out and then I remember the midwife kind of like picks her up and like kind of seats her a little bit. And she's like, her eyes are wide open and looking around at us. But then suddenly, like, it just, something wasn't right. Like, she just was, like, blue, and she just became floppy. And um, so they start kind of stimulating her and trying to, like, get her to, like, you know, breathe. Because she wasn't, like, there wasn't a cry or anything like that. Like, she just was floppy. And um, and then panic. Just sheer panic happens immediately. And so they come, they cut the cord right away. Um, and they take her to, like, a table that's, like, kind of in the room. And they start doing CPR on her and um, basically resuscitating her and I'm just laying there in like a blurry haze of like 
I don't know. I can't even explain the feeling that I was feeling at that time. Um, almost like an out of body experience. Yeah. And, um, and then suddenly I see the panic in both of them, both the midwives and they're like, um, we're going to have to call EMS. And so they get on the phone, they call EMS within three minutes. Um, they were there. So there was like fire department, um, the paramedics, like 12 people come into the room and, um, and then the, the captain or the manager or whatever comes up to me. He's like, are you the mother? I'm like clearly laying there like bleeding. <laughs> like, I'm <Yeah>. like, yes. <laughs> And they're like, we're going to take her to the local, like a uh, children's hospital, um, the NICU and, um, and, uh, yeah, like your husband's free to follow us for whatever reason, they didn't allow him to go into the actual, um, uh, ambulance. Um, but he was able to follow. And so then Nelson was like, um, my husband's Nelson and he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll follow them. And I'm just laying there. Like, and so they came and the midwives after the, she left, they came cause I was bleeding profusely. Like I was having like a hemorrhage and, um, they came, they gave me two shots of the, the Pitocin. Um, and then they gave me some fruit from like the kitchen of the, of the, the place I'm like eating and, you know, drinking and, um, and then just kind of laying there. Like, I just couldn't even move. I couldn't even think about getting off the bed. And then they were like, okay, well, um, and then my mom was there and, and the doula and my husband had left to go and follow the, the ambulance, um, with the baby. And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, like she's going to be okay. She, maybe she just needs a little help breathing. I did not, I was not prepared for this. I was not prepared for like what was going to be the possibilities of like, you know, the reality of the situation. I was just so naive and so um, like in another world that I was just like, oh, you know, she'll be fine. Like she's just going to get a little bit of oxygen and you know, that's that pretty much. So two hours later, so before that, the midwives leave, they're like, okay, so we're going to go. We got some paperwork to file and blah, blah, blah. And they leave. And so I'm laying there for two hours um, on the bed with my mom and, and my doula. And they're just kind of like, we're talking through things and stuff like that. Eventually they were like, okay, you need to get up and go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay, I'm going to need some help. Cause I knew like, I just felt so weak. And so they came and one, my mom was on one arm and the doula was on the other arm. Um, they swung, swung my legs over the bed and then I could feel immediately kind of the hype, the hypotension, like my blood pressure drop. Um, cause I've had that before and my ears were ringing. I start seeing things kind of like almost blacking out. And so then, um, they're like, okay, just give it some time. Cause they could see like the color flushing from my body. And, um, eventually they get me up. I bleed even more, um, like buckets were coming out. Like it was, it was really terrifying now when I think back to it. They finally get me to the bathroom. And then I was like, I need to go to the hospital and see my baby. And they're like, okay, well, we'll take you. And my sisters came and um, I just remember like, it took like three of them to like pretty much carry me out of the birth center. I quickly put on some clothes, put on some pads. Um, and I'm and sorry, I, I just want to ask, yes. are, are when you say they like th that they were helping you, you just mean your mom and the doula, like Yes. Every, all of like the staff at the birth center kind of was just like peace yeah. Yeah, wow pretty much yeah yeah that so it was only insane. there was no staff there just the midwives and um one of them was like her shift was over a long time ago so she wanted to like kind of get out of there <laughs> and, and um and then obviously mine said that she just had paperwork to do and um needed to leave basically. like that's more important yeah. than like yeah. making sure that you're exactly <laughs> good it was, to it leave was, it was wild. It was really wild. Now, obviously in hindsight. <laughs> and so, um, 
they carry they basically my mom my jula my sisters carry me out into the into the the car my sister had like this mercedes car and we go, go into the front seat she pulls it back for me i'm like laying in fetal position we get to the hospital that's only like maybe a 10 minute drive and then they get a wheelchair wheel me into the hospital um obviously she was in an icu and so we go up there and all along like i said i'm like thinking that you know oh she just they just give her a little bit of oxygen she's fine you know so i go up there and i i get wheeled in and the doctor comes in right away and he was like are you esperanza's mother and esperanza was the name that my husband and i had chosen that we were going to name her but like, since she came out of me, we didn't have that conversation. Like, like there wasn't a, what's her name or anything like that. So it almost yeah. like to me when they, when he said that, and I was like, yes, I, I am her mom, but like, I never, never expected for somebody else to call her, her name, you know, like yeah. as first time hearing it. So it was like this weird kind of like experience and they're like, um, we need to talk to you. And I was like, okay, well, can I see her? And they're like, oh, yes, yes. And so I they, they wheel me in and and she's in the NICU, which is one of the saddest places to be, like, seriously. Um, and I come in and she's there and just covered in tubes. She had been intubated. Um, so she had a breathing tube, um, wires everywhere, like everywhere. And I just like, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, this is serious. Like, what is going on here? And so they bring us into the room um, with a, with a, the head doctor and um, a nurse and then my husband and I and I have a nursing background I've been a nurse for 17 years and so I understand medical jargon and all that kind of stuff and so he starts like telling us that um, she's born with this condition called HIE which is um, lack of oxygen to the brain and that most babies that are born uh, with this uh, end up with cerebral palsy and they start going through all the worst case scenario and I just start like almost like zoning out like in the movies when somebody's talking and there's yeah. like, like white noise like you know and I'm just like looking at him and he's like going on and basically giving us preparing us for the worst case scenario right they're like she's going to be in a coma it's called a cold coma um she's going through like uh, cold therapy we can't touch her um she's going to be on on medications to keep her sedated um she could have uh, seizures all of these things like they're just telling us all this stuff right and like i literally just birthed her like a couple hours beforehand after 17 hours of marathon labor uh my own bleeding all of that kind of stuff right like it was yeah. just like it was a, it was a lot all at once right but, you know, deep inside, when they were telling us all this stuff, I knew deep inside she was going to be okay. Like, I had the faith. I was like, she's going to be okay. And so, needless to say, she was in the she was in the uh, NICU for two weeks. Um, she's like a miracle. Um, she didn't have any of the side effects, any of the seizures, anything like that, that they warned us about. Um, wow. They brain scans, MRIs, all of that kind of stuff before um, she was discharged and everything checked out. Um, they were all shocked. They were like, you know, when the when the neuro neuro team came to talk to us, they're like, you know, usually when we come and talk to parents, it's bad news. But with with her, she's a miracle. Like she, we don't see any sort of um, uh, what do you call it? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's escaped me. But anyways, any complications or anything like that. Um, and so yeah, and you know, honestly, that experience wow. that be a podcast experience like a whole episode just the whole NICU experience as like a full-term baby and um you know those first few nights of 
going home without your baby is like one of the most horrific things I've ever had to um, experience. You know, when we come home exhausted, I'm like in full on postpartum, like, you know, mode of like everything, you know, and uh, we walk beside her, we walk by her nursery and it's empty. Like it was just, it was horrific. It was just one of those experiences that just, I, it is ingrained in my mind for life. Um, you know, and it was exhausting. Like we were there from the moment we woke up to the time we got kicked out. Cause like, we couldn't really stay overnight. Um, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, it was just like this, this cycle. And so, um, yeah, so like I said, she, she did amazing, but in between that time, I was very much, um, in a, like running on adrenaline and, um, not really listening to, or taking care of myself, you know, cause I was like there for, like I said, from sunrise to like sunset, uh, with her not really like listening to my body. That's like, there's something obviously going on. Um, I was like bleeding like large chunks of blood and, um, you know, just kind of ignoring it. I was like, okay, well, whatever. Um, and then eventually it started getting really bad where I was actually having a lot of pain. And, um, and so I messaged my midwife and I, and I told her, I was like, I'm not feeling, I'm feeling kind of weird. And I told her, I'm like, I'm passing these like golf size, plum size clots. And then she's like, okay, a little bit of that is normal, but take a picture of the next one. So I did. And then right away she calls me and she's like, I'm going to come over and I'm going to see you at the hospital because I was there with the baby. And so she comes and she does like, um, you know, vitals, all that kind of stuff. And then she gives me a requisition for an extra, like emergency ultrasound. She's like, you need to go and get an ultrasound right away. And so I call around to the nearest place that has like a walk-in available. So I go in. Um, so this was on the Wednesday. So I gave birth on the Friday and, um, Mm -hmm. this, the next week, Wednesday, and, um, probably an hour after my ultrasound, they call me and she calls me and she's like, you have a piece of retained placenta. So you've got some placenta still in your womb and that's what's causing the, the pain. And that's what's causing the clots. Um, so you have a couple of choices. We can either give you some medication to try to get you to contract the piece out, um, or you can go in for a DNC. And I was like, I'll just go in for the DNC because I just didn't want to deal with like, you know, the chance yeah. of the medication not working and stuff, right? So in the midst of my daughter being in the NICU fighting for her life, <laughs> I go in and I get a DNC. And um, when I'm done, I come to and um, and then they come and they're like, did you want something for pain? And I was like, yeah, because I was in pain. And they're like, okay, so the only thing is that you need to stay here for 24 hours for observation. And I was like, nope, that's okay. I'm like, I'll just take some Tylenol and Advil. And they were like, so I I basically signed myself out against medical advice. But I was just like, there was no way I was going to be at a different hospital while my baby is in the NICU fighting for her yeah. life, right? So um, I left against the medical advice. Like I said, I just took some ty- Tylenol and Advil and just kind of went on my way and continued to function on adrenaline. Um, and so when she was finally out of the hospital, the ordeal we thought was done, um, we brought her home, which was so, there's so much, like so much happened during that time. The first time we heard her cry was at five days old. The first time I got to like hold her, she was five days old. Um, cause we weren't allowed to touch her when she was in that cooling treatment and all that stuff. Um, so it was just, it was a lot of, a lot of trauma. There was a lot of traumatic experiences yeah. that kind of had through that situation. And then, of course, like you said, like, you know, like, like I said, the going into the NICU itself is like so sad. You see these tiny little babies, you know, like all fighting for their lives. Like, it's just one of those experiences that I just would never wish on any parent, you know. And so 
Um, so we made it out. She was, like I said, a miracle. And then obviously I went into like pretty deep postpartum depression afterwards, which at the time I didn't know that that's what I was dealing with. I just, I was so consumed with trying to, you know, like be a good mom, be grateful that my baby came out like fine, despite the experience. I was just very much like putting my own reality, like at the back burner. And the more I did that, the more I started to isolate. And I'm a pretty friendly mm -hmm. person. I'm pretty bubbly. I have a lot of friends and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, not really reaching out to anyone. I was like, very much isolating um, till about the three month mark. Um, we went to Mexico for a friend's wedding. We brought their baby with us. And finally, when we were kind of had some time to just relax, my husband and I went um, on a walk. We brought my mom with us to Mexico. So she watched our baby while we went for um, a walk on the beach and we were talking. And then, you know, my husband was just like, what's been going on with you? Like, you're just not being yourself. Like, you're very isolating. Like, you're, you're, I see how much, how emotional you are and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, and he knows me more than anyone in this world. So he knew that this yeah. wasn't normal. And, um, you know, when I told him I'm not okay. Um, I finally admitted, you know, like, I'm not okay. I haven't been okay. I haven't been able to process this whole experience. And like, me, you know, mind you, he also went through the same, you know, experience. And he was also very traumatized. Like, we both hadn't really had any time or any guidance to really navigate through this period and how to process it properly and all that kind of stuff, right? And, um, and then also the, on top of that, the fact that I made a decision to kind of go the natural way and have a midwife and do a, like a, a birth center birth, um, was something that our extended family was very, they questioned it a lot, right? They were like, why would you do that? Like, that's what doctors are for. Like, that's what the hospital is for and all this stuff. And then of course, when something like this happens, it's almost like an, I told you so moment, right? Where it's like, yeah. And then the amount of guilt that I felt and shame that I felt that here I was, I had stood my ground. I had um, tried to do things my way. And then of course, what, what the wrong that happened, you know, that came out of it was like very much like I felt very defeated, right. By my decisions and all that kind of stuff. And I questioned, you know, like, did I make the right decision? Like, how could I have ever known that this was going to be the situation, all of that kind of stuff. Right. And, um, you know, what, what I've actually, and this is very recently that I've actually kind of come to understand this was, um, just kind of my trauma response response to the whole situation. Cause I remember when the midwife came to see me at the hospital to do my blood work and stuff like that, she never once kind of brought up what happened. Like didn't like, like never once was like, so, you know, like, this is what happened. This is what I saw. Like this, like nothing. Like it was almost like, don't ask, don't tell. Um, mm -hmm. you know, she came in to see the baby, like, well, she was like, you know, hooked up to everything. And then she was like, you know, yeah, she was like, I'm so sorry that this, this is what happened. And that was the extent of it. Like, we didn't really like debrief on anything. We didn't talk about it or anything. So I felt even deeper sense of shame that like, mm -hmm. oh my God, like, you know, like my reaction to this is like, like, how am I even supposed to react to all of this? You know? Um, and I did, a, I for sure had a fond response where I was very much like, thank you so much for everything you did for me. Like, um, you know, like just like just really, really fawning and like, you know, almost like that people pleasing tendency. And um, and she was like, oh, you know, like and that like wasn't at all like saying like anything, like validating my experience, like that was traumatic, like, oh my God, like all of that kind of stuff, right? 
And so um, went through postpartum depression, got help, finally joined mom's groups, um, you know, just started talking to other moms and hearing their struggles, all of that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, started seeing a therapist, all of that kind of stuff. So some of my, um, the tools that I had acquired up until that point in my own personal healing journey kind of came to the forefront during this time when I really needed it. And so I knew to reach out and all that kind of stuff after my husband had kind of like shaken me out of it and was like, what's going on with you. Right. And, um, and so, you know, so that was that first year of motherhood for me, where it was just very conflicting, because I had just experienced this really traumatic event, my baby came out well, and of course, all those like guilt feelings of like, I should be grateful, I should be thankful. Yeah, that that's she's, the worst. Like, yeah, the worst. it's the worst, you know, because it like, is. yes, I am grateful, but it still doesn't in this still doesn't invalidate the experience that I just had. Absolutely. But there was no one really to tell me otherwise, right. And so um, and so my husband and I knew that once we started having babies, we, we knew we wanted to have at least three, four children. Like we had talked about this and all that kind of stuff. And we wanted them to be closer in age. Like I was, um, an older mom. I was 33 when I had my first baby. So I definitely wasn't a spring chicken, <laughs> you know? Um, and so we knew we wanted to kind of have them consecutively. And so when we had that conversation about, you know, should we try again? I was open to it, but this time it was just very much, um, I just kind of gave in, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to go with an OB this time. We'll do the hospital. I was terrified. I was terrified because what I had wanted originally blew up in my face, you know, and yeah. Was- and that happens so often not to cut you off, but I think that this is so important to address that when you go to a, a midwife ex- expecting to have a certain type of support and experience, and then you're you have a super traumatic experience because you know that midwife is wasn't at all what you thought it's kind of like the um the the uh sheep's wait the the wolf in sheep's clothing like you think that they're gonna be one way and so then they're not and so because you have that trauma now associated with that experience it's like I'm just going to surrender to the regular cookie cutter. Let me stop thinking out of the box because look at where that got me, you know? And it's so, it's so sad because that is so many women's stories, including my own, you know, being traumatized through midwifery care. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you nailed it right on where it was just like, yeah, like I just, it got blew up in my face. I felt so much shame and guilt around it. And I was like, yep, it silenced me. It silenced me and it put me in my place, you know, where it was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm not thinking outside, all that kind of stuff. Right. And so thankfully I got connected to a really incredible OB. Like I have nothing bad to say about him. He was very respected in the birth community. Um, very, very, um, calm, very reassuring, never pressured me for anything, um, you know, but it was still not what I wanted, right? It was just like, I, I just went along with it. And thankfully, I had a, a good experience with him, you know, and um, I ended up with gestational diabetes with my second baby, which is a boy. Um, so with my first son, requiring insulin. So that puts you into the category of high risk. Um, right. And so then right away, it's like, you know, because you have gestational diabetes requiring insulin, you will be, um, you will be, uh, induced at 30, 38 weeks, no longer than 38 weeks. And I was like, okay, yeah. Like I just kind of went along with it and I was like, okay, this is standard or whatever. And, um, and then thankfully with him, um, on his due date, again, I went into spontaneous labor. So like, 
and I'm talking due date based on last period because mm-hmm. there's like two due there's your last menstrual period which is the date that I go by um because like yeah and then there's like the dating ultrasound uh due date right so based on the dating ultrasound I was a week early with my son because I was supposed to actually go that Friday in for induction um and I went into labor with him um spontaneously and he was from start to finish four hours so um woke up with labor pains at 3 30 got to the hospital by I think like four or five he was born by 7 30 so <laughs> it was like wow. yeah he just came shooting out and I thought in my mind that it was a redemptive experience for me right because like I'm in the hospital he comes out I remember like I had a birth photographer and the, the pictures are powerful because like you just see our our reactions my doula was there again my mom was there and my husband and when he came out we heard him cry for the first time we all broke down because like yeah. it was something something so simple as that where just hearing your baby cry for the first time for me was monumental because I didn't yeah. experience that first baby right and being able to hold him you know right away he latched right away all of those firsts that I didn't get to have with my daughter and never will right um I got to have with him and so I felt like very empowered and very like this was like redemptive for me right not not really knowing um the possibilities that really existed for me and so um got pregnant again pretty shortly after all my my first three babies are about 16 months apart so we had back-to-back babies and um with my third um another boy another gestational diabetes requiring insulin and with him I actually did get induced and so um uh on the the, I, I pushed it as far as possible um, but then he just was very comfortable and I did all the interventions. So I did like the membrane sweeps, I think multiple membrane sweeps, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then with him, eventually they, they broke my water manually, all of that kind of stuff. And then he finally came and, um, no complications. He was fine. Um, it was again, a pretty peaceful experience, even with the induction, which I was terrified of, cause I've heard some horror stories around, um, you know, medical induction and stuff. Um, thankfully that wasn't my story with that. Um, and then, yeah, so I had really pretty straightforward births with the, the both of them, but there was still always something missing, you know, like there was something in my heart that just didn't feel complete, you know, where it was just like, even though I was super grateful that I had these experiences, that my boys came out healthy, that my girl was thriving, all of that stuff. Um, it just wasn't, I didn't feel complete. And we knew that we weren't complete with our family either. And so when we got pregnant last year with now my fourth baby, um, immediately when I found out I was pregnant, immediately in my mind, I was like, I'm doing things my way this time. This is Hmm. likely... Hi friends, thank you so much for listening. And if you are enjoying what you're listening to, please take a second and give me a five-star review. It helps these episodes get seen by more women who need to hear these incredible, important stories of sovereign birth. Thank you again.